In Florida Ag and Review for the week of August 24th, we check in on some legislation that would have detrimental impacts on agriculture. The Florida Farm Bureau Federation is keeping their eye on the Clean Water Restoration Act, still lurking in the Senate. And Don Parrish, Senior Director of Regulatory Relations with the American Farm Bureau, says that the act isn't restoring anything. It expands the jurisdictional reach of the Clean Water Act by deleting a very key term. That term is navigable. That is the interest that Congress wanted to protect when they passed the Clean Water Act in 1972. Parrish considers the legislation a slippery slope. Unfortunately, it's not about clean water either. It's about controlling land. It's about controlling things that go on land. And if you expand jurisdiction to things that are wholly intrastate and are into things that look like ditches, all of a sudden you're providing an opportunity for citizens to litigate into things that are wholly very localized in nature. And that's not what the Clean Water Act should be about. Next, we look at some new developments on a disorder affecting honeybees. Researchers have found a promising lead in the mystery of honeybee colony collapse disorder, which has wiped out about a third of the nation's colonies every winter for the past three years. Jay Evans, a USDA researcher, says they found that many of the bees in the sick colonies are not producing vital proteins. Then once the protein machinery breaks down, just the maintenance of all of their body parts and their ability to fly and survive starts to break down because, as do we, they have to keep producing new proteins just to stay alive. Evans says this discovery leads them to a list of some likely candidates. Some sort of pathogen like a virus is a strong candidate because we know viruses do interrupt physiological events like protein production. However, Evans does warn that this is just one piece of the puzzle, as questions still remain on whether the virus is causing the protein breakdown or maybe the lack of proteins is allowing the virus to attack the bees. Well, as we enter the traditional flu season, Randall Wiseman gives us a report on H1N1. Well, USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service is holding a series of meetings with government agencies, state animal health and public health officials, and pork industry associations to share its plans and recommendations in the event of a positive diagnosis of type A H1N1 virus in the U.S. swine herd. The meetings will help coordinate actions in states working with swine veterinarians and pork producers to implement on-farm plans. There is also an unprecedented effort taking place Place across the U.S. pork industry with industry associations and chain partners at retail and food services to understand its customers' concerns and provide them with the scientific information to address those concerns. The National Pork Producers Council and the National Pork Board have engaged in a comprehensive program to correct misunderstandings. They're trying to ensure that the entire pork supply chain, from producer to retailer, is comfortable with the plans put forth by Avis and understand that H1N1 is not transmitted by eating pork or by handling pork products. And on the citrus side of things, we have this report from Ernie Neff. On Southeast Agnet, a recently completed survey of citrus growers estimates the overall greening, or HLB, infection rate in Florida orange groves is 1.6%. That estimate, based on responses from 949 citrus growers, representing 29% of the state's citrus acreage. The survey covered the year from September 1, 2007 to August 31, 2008. Because of low grower response, infection rates in grapefruit and specialty fruit groves could not be published. University of Florida IFAS, Florida Agricultural Statistics Service, and the Division of Plant Industry cooperated in the survey. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear from Everett Greiner about the recession's impact on agriculture. Heard somebody say there's no recession in farming, people have to eat. Uh, 
Well, half of that statement is not correct. Agriculture is starting to draw up. Farm equipment is generally well-built and designed to last a long time, but it does wear out. Well, I just heard a report that farm equipment dealers are feeling the effects of the recession. Farmers are spending more time and money on repairing and rebuilding and less money on replacement. It's more difficult to get a farm loan. Prices on everything have gone up. Crop prices run stable. Now, this makes a good farmer consider all the possibilities. Some of the bigger farms are leasing. Not many, but a few. And there's a good market for good used farm equipment. On average, sales of new equipment may be off as much as 30% this year. It's likely to cost some jobs. Uh, now, you know which half of that statement is not correct. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.